Iyer's on the road. Parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And hi. Wow, it's hard to follow Bob Phillips, don't you think? Oh my goodness, I don't know if Bob is following him as far as some of the broadcast show, but we're following him live, and what a guy, Bob Dylan, huh? Yeah, he's amazing. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but, but Linda, listen, I'm going to introduce the show here today. We're, we're not on the road, first of all. We're home just for a couple of days before we hit the road again to go to New York. A lot of our traveling lately is pretty personal. We just got back from one granddaughter's baptism, and now we're going to well, Linda's going to be the chief attendant in the birth of another grandchild in New York City. What am I going for, honey? Uh, I don't know. You better make yourself pretty scarce once she that baby gets She wants me to make there. myself scarce. This is an apartment, a five-story walk-up, um, meaning no elevator with a two-year-old and a baby um, in the middle of New York City right by Central Park. And honestly... It's going to be really fun. I'm going to get my exercise. <laughs> You're and, going to um, get your exercise walking up and down those stairs, and I'm going to get my exercise because every time I show up, you're going to kick me out again. <laughs> well, it's about... Th oh. She doesn't think I'd be very useful there with a new baby. Well, I do you think... I think it's it. about 400 square feet. New babies love me. 400 <laughs> square feet with well, a new true. baby. That's hard. Um, but anyway, we're really looking forward to that. Our little granddaughter, who was baptized, lived in Hawaii, which is oh, really unfortunate goodness. for these, us. They Gosh. live so far away, these kids of ours. That's why this show is called Ours on the Road. We thought it was because we give speeches all over the world, but lately it's because of our kids living all over the world. But let me get back to introducing today's show, because I, I, I know you'll accuse me, Linda, of hyperbole and, and going over the top a little here, but... But we're going to talk today, we're going to discuss today with you, our listeners, the most important characteristic and the most wonderful goal you can ever pursue. And the amazing thing is, hardly anyone is pursuing it. They're all pursuing something that actually works against this goal. So I'm going to work around the back door to introduce it. What, what everyone in this world seems to be pursuing, Linda, is independence. I don't want to need anyone. I want to go it on my own. I want to be autonomous. I want to be the person who's in charge of everything in my life. I don't want to limit any of my options. I want to be independent. And guess what? Independence is way overrated. <laughs> it is. I can hardly even remember that. But how, do you, but how do you say that in a country where we have a declaration of independence? I know. Well, there's, you know, there's both sides to the issue. And, of course, you have to be an independent person. You have to know how to take care of yourself and, and rely on yourself for a lot of things. But, but here's the end of my introduction. The thing to be working for instead, the marvelous thing, the gift, the summum bonum, the ultimate, is interdependence. Interdependence. That's now, not a word we use very often. Well, we use it pretty often. It isn't. And the reason we've been thinking about this a lot is that we've been working with some people on 
trying to figure out why the millennials are not getting married between 18 and 31. The millennial now, generation. Now, yeah, you're right. Between 18 and 32. Getting married less, having children less than any previous generation in our country's history. Now, we're probably talking to a lot of people who say, that's not me. But probably everyone listening knows someone who that is because it is becoming more and more prevalent that marriage is becoming a thing of the past, uh, not necessary. And um, it's one of those things that really scares us. Well, what I hear, what bothers me most, and you got to keep in the context that we're out, out and about speaking to a wide variety of different people. And a lot of them are millennials. And more and more, we're hearing things like, Boy, you know, I just think marriage is irrelevant. I mean, I don't need, I don't need some dried up ink on a paper to prove I love this person. I can just love them and move in with them and cohabitate with them, and and you know, I can keep my independence because if it doesn't work out, there's no need to get a divorce or anything. We just walk away and say, well, it was nice knowing you. It was that was a good experiment? Didn't work out, but you know, at least we gave it a try. And if you think that's a hesitancy on the part of this generation, what about having a child? It's like, whoa, that would really limit my options. That would really take away my independence. Yeah, as our youngest son used to say, <laughs> when they were ready to have their first baby, um, and they were a young couple, but he's he kept saying, okay, I'm ready to go to baby jail. <laughs> baby jail's coming. I know it. And then they're so funny because they ended up going to Paris and China and all over the world with this baby. They just went to Japan. Um, they did not let that hamper them one bit, well, although you do have to have a little money in order to do all well, that. Yeah, so you're, you're kind of making the point that maybe you can still be independent um, you, you know, and still have your freedom even when you are married and have a child. And, and there's some truth to that, but... But we ought to be, you know, brutally honest and say, when you choose the goal of interdependence over the goal of independence, yes, you do give up some options. Yes, you do give up some freedom. Yes, you do give up some independence. But you do it out of the choice of having something better. And being interdependent as a couple and relying on each other I mean, I rely too much on you, Linda. I just, Linda always has whatever I need. And I don't know, I, I'm like a baby. I, when Linda goes away for a couple of days and I can't <laughs> even function. So you might argue that that's a little too much interdependence. But, but here's what we know for sure from our studies and research and from just our travel and experience. People who adopt the goal of interdependence, people who make the commitment of marriage, people who make the sacrifice of having children turn out to be better people. It, it, it develops their character. They become people who have patience, who have tolerance, who have empathy. They mature, they grow up. And it's a much better life and a much happier life than trying to stay independent and keep all your options open and have nothing that commits you or slows you down. That, that's a bad goal. It does not lead to happiness. Well, I think a lot of people are not getting married. And we have to say that on the East Coast, where a lot of our children live, 
uh, it's pretty early to get married before 25, very early. In fact, between 30 and 35, 25 and 35 is, is the norm to get married. Well, the average age across the country now for, for women is 28. And for men, it's creeping up around 30, the average age. Yeah. Getting married. And in fact, our youngest daughter just got married, as you may know if you've been listening to this program for a long time. Um, and she was 28. He was 30. And just graduating from Stanford and had been single for, both of them had been single for a long time and and independent on their own. and um, We're not criticizing that. We're, we're not trying to say not. there's some magic age to get married, but we take issue with people who say, oh my goodness, you wouldn't want to get married before you're at least 26 or 27. That, that You can't generalize in either direction. You get married when you find the right person. But, but my point, I think, Linda, is if you're not looking to get married, you're never going to find the right person. You're going to go on experimenting and trying things out and cohabitating and, you know, driving, test driving this car before I buy it. And your life is going to get frittered away and you're never going to hit the joy of interdependence. But I, I think a lot of people are trying to get married. They would love to get married. They just can't find the right person. So... Um, it really is a dilemma. And then when you really get to where the rubber meets the road and you do find a person that seems good, then fear sets in. And you, they think, is this perfect? Is this the perfect person? And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, even if it doesn't seem like it, sometimes it is. But often it's good to be wise and make sure that you're making this decision because it's the biggest decision you'll make. And uh, I just, I think that fear is a big part of, of independence. They want to be independent because they're fearful of being interdependent. Well, that's true. People actually do, they do fear interdependence. They fear codependency. They fear anything that undermines their own ability to control their own life. And I think, I think what you say is true, Linda, but I think there's also a big element of misunderstanding what commitment is and misunderstanding what commitment does for you as a person and for you as a couple because people will say well again i hate this car analogy you wouldn't you wouldn't buy a new car until you'd driven it around the block but this is not what it's not like you're going to go drive every car and try it out and then try to pick the best car uh, some people have that attitude and it's like well we'll try it out if it works and well, most people, we do know from statistics and polling that most people who cohabitate without marriage, if you ask them at the time that they move in together, do you plan to get married? They'll say, yes, we do. We're just, we're just making sure it works for a while. But a, a, an alarming percentage of them don't get married, end up splitting up oftentimes after they've had a child. So it's a huge sociological problem in this country, this cohabitation. But, but my point is, the misunderstanding of commitment. People think, well, I'll try it out, and if it works, then we'll make the commitment. What we have to understand is it's the commitment that will get you through the tough times. Without the commitment, the tough times will derail you, and you'll never get to the commitment. Right. However, in our neck of the woods, in our culture where we live right now, um, that's not as much a problem as just finding the right person. Um, and again and again and again, um, I know how miserable our daughter was because she really wanted to be married 
um, trying to find the right guy. And then she finds the right guy. And then he and they both know they're really good with each other. And then he decides he just can't do it. He just can't do it. And so he walks away, breaks her heart. Fear of commitment. Three times. Yeah. <laughs> three times. I mean, I'm not blaming our son-in-law who turns out to be the greatest guy in the world. But it is often the fault of, I was going to say, the guy. And that's not always true. It can go either way. But it's the fault of this mentality. And I think it is in our part. I think it's in our culture. I think it's in every culture. Because across the board, the age of marriage is moving up and up and up. And the number of non-married is moving up and up and up. And I just think it's because of this misplaced goal of trying to be independent and not understanding the beauty. That's what we want to talk about in the second half of the show is the beauty of interdependence, that it's not a weakness. Okay, I have an idea. And that is our producer, Benjamin Dowdy, is a millennial. And I know how hard he's been trying <laughs> to find somebody. I think we should bring him in in the second half and have him defend himself, <laughs> figure out. Uh, Why aren't you married, tell Benjamin? Us, tell us how Defend he yourself. Feels. So get ready, Benjamin. <laughs> um, we're going to be back right after this break. With Benjamin Dowdy. And with a special song that makes our point. We'll be right back. graduation at the University of Pennsylvania. But what I love about that song is it's really about interdependence. I give you all of me. You give me all of you. I love everything about you, your curves and your edges. <laughs> You're a little edgy at times, honey, but I no, love no. I, I, I'm not trying to take part of the package. I'm not saying I like these things about you, but I don't like these other things about you. So fix this. And then maybe we'll think about a commitment. It's like all of me loves all of you. And that, that's what interdependence is. That's, 
that's surrendering to the fact that a couple is entity than an individual um it really is it's true um sometimes you want to be more interdependent than i do <laughs> it's like no i'm doing this my way sorry this is the way it is well, there's room for a little independence yes, within there interdependence. yes there is you gotta remember that um but it really is so important to remember that there are always some things about your partner that you do not like and or you drive you crazy, and um, but at that's the same right. time, but at the same time, having said that, you know, a person is a very complex entity. And if I were to say to you, Linda, I just want to change these two things about you, I might get more than I bargained for. Changing those two things might change the very things I love most about you. I know. I was just thinking that last night. You know, you used to be late for everything, everything. And then you made this goal to be on time for everything. And now you want to be early for everything. You're driving me crazy. <laughs> you want to I go back? I shouldn't have so. asked you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we were an hour early for a concert last night because you wanted to get a front row seat. We got a good seat, so. Um, and so it really is true that if you ask somebody to change, you never know what you're going to get. Well, and I think interdependence, again, I love the word. The more you think about it, what it means is we can compensate for each other's weaknesses. A, a couple who is really committed and who's really decided that this is the life they want, they find such, you know, the best word really is synergy. It's a word that's used a lot in business, essentially meaning one plus one can equal more than two. It can equal three or five or eight. And, and a good marriage where there's, and, and when I say a good marriage, I'm not saying one that's completely agreeable or one, one where everything Conflict is Conflict free, heaven forbid. Not, none of that. But where there's total commitment, there is a kind of synergy where the two of you as an entity can do more, accomplish more, feel more, love more than the sum of what you could do separately. Um, okay, so I think it's time that we bring in somebody who is a millennial, who is not yet married, and who I think would like to get married at some point, um, our, our producer, Benjamin Dowdy. And we're especially concerned this week because we just heard that Benjamin's off. Benjamin's the best producer we've ever had, and he's off to a, a four-month internship in Japan so we're going to have to deal with a substitute producer after this week. So all the more reason, Ben, for you to jump on and tell us, do you think interdependence ought to be the goal? And do you think that's shared by a lot of other people of your age? And if so, why are fewer and fewer getting married? Thanks, Richard. I, um, I do think that interdependence should be the goal. Um, I do want to be married. I am... Um, um, a little worried in some areas about what uh, might happen once I get married. I guess in today's society, there are so many people who are being divorced and you see a lot of issues and problems within the family. And I know for me personally, I feel a little bit scared or nervous about whether I will be good enough or whether I'm ready or whether there's more experiences in life that maybe I need. Maybe I should have a, a full-time job before I get married. Some of those things, I think many millennials might also share those same kinds of fears. That's th those are some really good points, Ben. And I think 
part of that is fed by by some sort of misleading statistics we hear a lot. I mean, the the one I have the biggest problem with is the sort of common knowledge that half of all marriages end in divorce, which is frankly just not true. It's just mm -hmm. a bad statistic. And the, the actual one you need to know is that over 70% of first marriages across the board in all parts of society end up lasting until death. The reason the number goes up is because people who are married for a second or third time tend to get divorced and it pushes the divorce number higher. But there's that figure and then there's the one about it costs $300,000 to raise a child. And I think millennials sometimes say, oh my gosh, I can't afford to get married. I can't afford to have a child. It's too risky anyway, because half of people get divorced. There's all these fears going on. Um, I do think you're right though, Benjamin. It is true that you want to have some sustenance when you get married. I mean, you want to have a good job. You want to have some life experience and I think that's becoming more and more important to people. I mean when we got married we got to Boston in a my old beat up car pulling his little old beat up Porsche behind us with all of our belongings in the world on it and we got there with 45 cents in our pockets literally and some credit card debt thanks to Richard and um, it really <laughs> extra exciting and to go to the Harvard Business School in that situation was crazy but we did it I think sometimes you need to just jump into it and think you know I don't need everything before and I'm not saying you think you need everything but to have a nice job would be really good um, any other comments on that Benjamin yes one last thing that uh, worries me just a little bit um, and I think probably a lot of people of, of Christian or very religious backgrounds would feel the same way is that the way the world has changed over the years that I'm a little bit concerned as to whether I could appropriately raise my children with all of these uh, different influences and different distractions. And I'm just curious maybe if you have any insight or advice on how to make sure that I can either prepare myself now or overcome that fear of maybe failing as a father or a mother. Well, as usual, Benjamin, you're the perfect, you're the perfect guest because, I mean, not many people have a producer that's also their guest. But that's <laughs> that's pretty true. But you're asking exactly the right questions. And I think I think what we what Linda and I wish could happen is that we could reach out and touch a lot of millennials who have a lot of fears, well justified in many cases, and sort of transform those fears into a sense of adventure. I mean, it's it's interesting. Uh, the other day, um, while we were traveling, we were at a waterfall in Hawaii, and there was there was a a big place where you could dive down into a into a clear pool and and people were wondering do I have the courage to make this plunge I mean it, it looks fairly safe there's no submerged rocks or anything but it's a long way up and you know it's pretty scary to, to dive off and make that plunge and I think in a way that's how we ought to view not that we should just run up there and jump off not that we should just plunge take the plunge with the first person we think might be romantically attractive to us. I'm not suggesting that. But when it comes to the point of wanting to do what we think is the right thing to do and make a commitment, but having a lot of fears, it's like taking that plunge. And, and Linda and I like to say to young people, hey, you know, you think diving off a waterfall is an adventure? You think skydiving is an adventure? You think hang gliding is an adventure? 
hey, how about take the real adventure, get married, <laughs> now we're talking and, big time. And adventure. have some kids. And I, I totally sympathize with what you're saying, Benjamin, about how scary it is to raise our children. We're frightened for our grandchildren. And we are all the time talking to parents about making their family culture stronger than the culture of the world. It's not easy, but it's, you can do it. It's doable. We know so many parents that are doing this successfully. But I think if you have that in mind, when you very first start having children, that we are going to be stronger than this world is and have certain rules in place about the media and so on, certainly they're going to run into some hard things. But if they have a basis and an understanding and some ownership of their family culture, I think it really works. You know, there's something really quite wonderful about sort of surrendering to interdependence, about sort of voluntarily giving up this, this sort of elusive thing called independence that people seem to almost worship. There's something really sort of empowering about saying, you know, I've had my time as, as you know, someone without commitment. I'm now ready to move on to another phase and I'm ready to become interdependent. And, and getting to that point is no easy business. It's harder it today in today's world than it's ever been before. But we're here to tell you, it's a higher law. It's a higher joy. It's a higher form of life. Yeah, and in fact, this daughter and her new husband that just got married uh, are both so strong-willed. It's been hilarious to watch them uh, organize their first year of marriage. In fact, right now they're in the Himalayas hiking before they start their real job. And But they are so funny because they've decided not to share their arguments with us, which we're grateful for. Yeah, we don't want to but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but they are totally committed. They are totally committed to each other. And uh, once in a while we hear a little about the struggle, but the struggle is part of the adventure. The struggle's part of the adventure. That's a good way to say it. And let me just uh, round out today's show by saying, Ben, it's, um, it's too bad that all of our daughters are now married because you are a guy we'd <laughs> want to line up with one of our daughters. Exactly. You're a good guy. There's so many good people in the world who would be even more happy and fulfilled. And there are also some links on byuradio.org that you can go to. Yeah, that'll take you to an article we just wrote on this business of interdependence and um, also to a YouTube channel, which, by the way, partly because of you, Ben, we're calling it the same thing as this radio show, just YouTube slash Hires on the road. So thanks to Benjamin for a great addition to the show today, and good luck to you as you head off to Japan, and good luck to all of you who are working on interdependence. We'll see you next week on Hires on the Road. 